Welcome to the inaugural Carpe Fide podcast, where we encourage you to seize your faith. I am your co-host, Justin Gruber, with my co-host... More like founding host, <laughs> Jesse Gruber. <laughs> well, one-upsmanship one goes to you on this fine evening. We are uh, recording this podcast, our first podcast, um, in honor of our education system, our public education system. It's actually in honor of God, but uh, we're going to be using um, some more recent happenings in the public education system to kick us off with our podcast. Um, the goal of our podcast is going to be a biblically based uh, podcast on on cultural and as well as, as societal biblical topics um, that we can engage with. And so uh, using the public education system seems like a good idea. How do you feel about the public education system, Jesse? I don't think you want to know. <laughs> Whether I think I want to know or not, we shall find out. <laughs> um, so in discussing this, we had, we had gone over some, uh, some Bible passages we were thinking to kind of direct our flow, so to speak, uh, in, the, in the podcast's direction. Um, and we, uh, we came up with, uh, with two, uh, two kind of big idea uh, Bible passages that kind of deal particularly with education. And so, uh, and so we're going to start off by going way back, back, back in time. Uh, to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. And for those of you who have uh, educated yourself in Bible, uh, Bible history, and have read the law, the books of the law, you'll know that in Deuteronomy 6, 4, we find ourselves in what is known uh, in the Jewish community, in the community of Israel. Don't inhale cigars. This is a true fact. <coughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. COVID, anyone? All right. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Uh, here is what you will read. So we'll be reading verses 4 to verses 9. It says this. This is the word of God coming to his people, Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your Heart, you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk in the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So why'd you why'd you pick with that one? Why'd you pick that one to start with? Well. The, uh, the beauty of the Shema uh, emphasizes God's view uh, of his law going to his people. And its primary source, its, its starting source is in the heart. The first place that you're supposed to have the law of God written is on your heart. But the next thing moves immediately into education, the imparting of knowledge, right? And that, that immediate first step starts at what is the least common denominator of God's uh, God's uh, assigned authorities in this world, the family. And so when you pick up the reading in verse 7, it begins, after, after you shall put them on your heart, after they shall be on your heart, it's you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. It's the home as, the, as a primary source of education. And from there flows out walking in the way when you lie down when you rise up they should be literally uh, as a sign on your hand they should be as frontals they should be they should be like blinders on your eyes so that you see them constantly written on the doorposts of your home the very foundation uh, from where you are so that's 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 why right. is that enough for you <clears throat> i mean it satisfies me I'm always asking for more well i mean you know why not why not why not that's what i say Maybe people have never heard the Shema, and they needed to. And they're just like, why are you talking to me about frontals and eyes and lying down and rising up? And uh, it really all ties together. So the passage that I that I selected um, is actually much shorter. <laughs> it's the opposite. Normally, I'm longer, you're shorter. Um, if he... Go ahead. You were saying? <laughs> uh, Ephesians 6, verse 4. So as fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And um, 
this verse encapsulates uh, in short form what Deuteronomy was uh, saying in longer form. This places the responsibility uh, onto and inside of the parents and the home um, for instructing and training up children. Now, that word for uh, training is actually the Greek word paideia. And in the, in the culture, um, in the first century Roman, uh, the Greco-Roman culture, it would actually be a word that would indicate um, to, to raise up a citizen. It is, it is encapsulating the entirety of a child um, and training them towards a, a, an end goal. And so really it, its root is in education, um, which really just highlights the, the necessity of us as parents um, to be involved in education, um, in educating our children uh, responsibly. Um, so th those are going to be our, our two uh, guiding passages as, as to why we're uh, talking about this. And what is this, Justin? What is this? Let me inform you what we will be speaking about tonight. In the midst of COVID uh, and the mad dash to figure out how in the world the we can possibly open or not open a school... Um, in the midst of, of what is happening with COVID-19. Or open and then not open, then open again. Look, it's a, it's a confusing snip, process. Snip, 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 snip. We can all, <laughs> we can all agree that there's, this is a process here. But, but in the midst of that craziness, they have, uh, they, there, there's been some sly, <clears throat> sly curricula rolled out um, in the refinement process of our education system. So um, we're, we're, we're in front of us, actually in front of both of us, what you can't see is uh, 66 pages of the 2020 New Jersey Student Learning Standards for Comprehensive Health and Physical Education. This was literally rolled out in June of 2020, um, and it lays out the standards, the new standards for comprehensive health and physical education. When you say comprehensive, do you mean like the, the spiritual, emotional, and, and physical well-being? Is that what you mean by comprehensive? Um, or do you mean comprehensive like... This well, is what we're going to do, and we are going to comprehensively I mean, do this for you. <laughs> I mean, more the, the latter than the former. Although you'll find the word spiritual in the document, there may be reasons why you would find it in the document. It's kind of a CYA situation as mm. far as where, where you find the word spiritual in the document. Ain't that politics, though? Ain't, Ain't that, that just... So what we're staring down is 66 pages of um, a lot of words, um, a lot of words to say, to say things. Many things are said. What exactly is being said is the hard part. You're going to have to really weed through it. <laughs> Many things. Many things. The best things. And so <laughs> what we're going to constantly have to, I don't know if that's something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe we should the not wor be. The worst things. <laughs> All right. So. So one of the things when a constant revisit is going back to, Deuteron to Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6. All right. We made it simple. It's Deuteronomy 6. We started in verse 4. Ephesians 6, verse 4. <laughs> we did not right. plan that. We totally planned that. Someone's having a great time um, in the car. So, so our goal here uh, is to always point you back to our main, our main thesis. All right. And that's that parents uh, and the home, that is the primary source of a child's education. And it is our responsibility as parents. Is our responsibility to create the home as the primary source of a child's education. So that rubric that comes from the Bible, that comes flows from the Bible. And again, if you're not, if you're like, I'm not really, you know, I'm I'm listening because hey, I know Jesse, or hey, I know Justin, or hey, I know some other schmuck that knows these two. All right, and you're like, I'm uh, I'm not, I'm not really a Christian. Uh, I don't know about the Bible. Look, look, it's okay. Don't don't get crazy. I think you can you can agree, right? The primary role of a parent is to create the home. This is actually intuitive, and but it's see see it's intuitive because it comes from the Creator. Mm. All right, so don't get don't get lost. All right, all right. We can we can revisit. This is this is this is the first podcast, so we're gonna try to keep it brief. We're try to hit the bullet points of this, but that is our rubric, right? The parent, right inside the home, right, and as the home is the primary source of a child's education. This is our responsibility. That being said, Jesse. What do you think should be part of health and physical education? Well, uh, probably just the facts. I mean, science is science, right? So <clears throat> you have 
you have the basics and and the, the way that the way that the I guess I'll talk about how the guidelines are set up um, the guidelines are set up um, to provide they, they, they compare them to the studs in a house the things that hold up the walls um, these these are the types of things that they're that they're promoting um, in in health and wellness education um, but really I mean what, what I learned in school was uh, the basic biology and physiology of the body uh, the parts and what they do uh, how they interact um, and so on and so forth and the way that these guidelines break up is they have set goals um, for a child's understanding um, by the end of grade 2, the end of grade 5, the end of grade 8, and the end of grade 12. Um, and Justin, your, your kids are a little bit older than mine. Uh, my oldest is going into first, and your oldest is going into sixth? Correct. Whew. Uh, I was really scared that you were going to say seventh, <laughs> which means that I lost a year somehow. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the guidelines have, have set, set things up there a little bit differently from, from how I learned, uh, and how, what I, what I would, what, as to what I would consider would be straightforward biology, um, and physiology. I mean, I, 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 I think I can agree. I can agree with that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it should be uh, kind of what's going on inside there. How's the internal workings and internal functionings going on, right, of, uh, of, of the body, right, of the male and female body, and, uh, and, and how they, they interact and reproduce. That's kind of what strikes me as, um, I would say, a cornerstone of the health, health education system. I mean, additionally, as far as physical education goes, um, I, I've, I'm, I'm great with uh, having some, some courses on the, uh, the major sports. Uh, what does physical education look like? You know, uh, proper calisthenics, weightlifting, anaerobic, aerobic, the, uh, the, the things that are happening inside of a cell when you're doing it. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I love exercise science as well. So I think physical education can be a, a key component in, inside of health education. As well, as additionally, you want to throw a little pickleball in there, you know, when you want to teach kids some badminton. I think that's great, too. Well, you know, broadens out the uh, physical education. Did you say pickleball? I said pickleball. What is... Pickleball is like giant... It's like giant ping pong. Yeah. 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 Like with a... Like with like a like a beach ball or something? Yeah, it's like a really big, like, wiffle ball and tennis racket-ish things. Huh. Now, on a... Like a net that's, you know, a little bit lower than a tennis net. No, you learn something new every day, folks. You know, hey. That's why pick, we're talking about education. That's right. Pickleball. Consider yourself informed. <laughs> is this right. the Olympics? It is not, because it requires very little <laughs> Olympic-level <laughs> Oh, man. No offense intended to any pickleball professional players out there. I don't mean to offend you in any way. <clears throat> All right, so... So uh, our definitions, just what, what do you think? Do you think that they line up with uh, with what's trying to be pushed through here in the uh, New Jersey education guidelines? Well, one of the things I didn't really necessarily cover in uh, in my ideas of what I thought physical health and physical education would be uh, was climate change. I did never it never occurred to me as I was thinking through uh, health and physical education that climate change was so integral. Um, to how the body works. You kind of thought that would fall into like, you know, more of the sciencey, like uh, like weather, you know, how the world works, the atmosphere, yeah, or, or yeah. I mean, uh, these are wonderful things, and I'm not knocking it. I just didn't expect it to show up in here. Yeah, hot makes you hot, cold yeah, makes you cold. You know, and and honestly, if that was the most surprising thing I found in here, I think I'd be feeling okay about it. <laughs> but but it was not the most surprising thing. That I found found in it's just here. the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak, it's more like the tip of the iceberg that is the size of Mount Everest. Um, so one of the other questions to consider, and that, so that, that's a that's a pretty primary question, just as a parent thinking about it. What should be part of health and physical education? And again, I, I think we coming we're coming at this right again. The home and parents are the primary source of the child's education. That is responsibility of the parents. All right. So coming at it from that that goal, I want my school, right? I want my public education to be teaching my child how to think, right? That is why they need the the information, 
I do not want them teaching my child what to think, which means I don't necessarily need the school to teach an ideology. All right. I know because I, I know that there's a way to process through information, right? To indicate what are good and bad ideas. This is this is how cell information helps us to analyze. And that's fine because those are individual choices. Right. And so what the next, I think what flows, flows generally speaking, when you just think about health and physical education is why is this the school's lane to operate in? Why is it the school's lane to operate in um, to, to decide what health and physical education um, should be? Right. So, I mean, like, I mean, and ironically, in looking up this stuff, a source I did not think that I would actually ever use with any sort of credibility. Uh, Planned Parenthood actually did a national poll, you know, and so what, what they found out, uh, you know, stuff like uh, eight out of ten young people and their parents reported that they had talked about sexuality. Well, then why are we talking about it in school? Uh, you know what? That's great. It sounds like the parents are actually doing kind of what they're supposed to be doing, right? Oh. So nearly half reported beginning by age 10, which is good, probably still a little late but good, and that 80% had started talking by age 13, Um, they started talking about uh, similarities similarities and differences between boys and girls, how to deal with peer pressure, puberty, how to stay safe online. Um, uh, Those sound like great parenting things to be talking with your child about at age 13. I mean, I I guess before it would be great too, but I mean, at least at age 13, that sounds fantastic. I honestly don't know what... Uh, oh, this was back in 2014. A lot's changed since 2014. Oh my gosh. <laughs> A lot's changed since March. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> snip, snap, snip. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, parents of teens and young adults ages 15 through 21 reported that they've talked about birth control message, methods, STD prevention, healthy relationships, and not pressuring anyone for sex. Um Parents reported having conversations more frequently on most sexual health topics uh, than their children. So the, the parents are initiating it, which is great. Um, it, it That is training up your children. Right? Why would Planned Parenthood put out a polling <coughs> that actually seems to indicate in 2014 that we don't necessarily need to have a level of health uh, and physical education that would go beyond simply the the general information that we've already said should be in health and physical education? Well, I mean, the rest of their article goes on to say how it's not enough. Oh, that's the kicker. It's not enough. But but what's the solution to, to not enough? Does this Is the solution putting it in the school? Or is the solution equipping the parents to have these conversations even better? Well, it seemed to me that Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6 would be indicating that the primary source of education would be the home. Hmm. It seems like you would really want to get the parents on board um with with doing more right so uh they had a lot of the good data that's that actually mirrors how scripture would indicate we should be doing things they they just land on the wrong place and for obvious reasons um so why don't we do you want to pivot and shift to to talk about some of the uh some of the contents of this we what we want to do is we want to make sure that uh that you as parents listening to this uh in new jersey are informed as to some of the some of the content um i mean it's it's 60 it's 60 something pages but it's it's a lot, a lot of its bullet points you, you can read this for yourself we'll have a link to them um and you should read them to for yourself uh we'll have a list of some action points at the end um is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we dive into some of the particulars no i just found interesting that also in that Planned parenthood study the polling showed that 93 to 96 percent of parents uh want their kids to learn about sex in either middle school or high school uh, and, and according to that polling, it seems like 80% of parents are achieving that goal by having conversations about sex uh, during those age groups. So it's, it's kind of great. Um, if they want them to learn about it in middle school or high school, that question is so vague as to say what they may actually want them to learn is simply the biological and physiological things we've already highlighted. But what we're about to see, I, I use that as a jump off point, what we're about to see is uh, what, what, our, what our 66 page uh, rubric here uh, outlines is something that goes far beyond uh, those basic elements of health and physical education. Oh, oh, here you go. Oh, are ooh. you saying are you saying that we're moving? We are moving 
the guidelines are moving from teaching biology into more teaching ideology. Yes, yes. I, I would say they're moving from teaching physiology to teaching philosophy. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I would say they're moving from giving information to indoctrination. Oh, oh no, oh, man. Oh, could we do this all night? Oh, we could. And we, we would could. learn nothing about the bullet points. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but we have the bullet points already. All right. Um, so to, to dive in, I didn't really do much as far as by grade two. I just want to be clear. We, we, we were trying to figure out how to pare this down to get it like inside of a 45 minute window to not be a, like a cumbersome podcast that ruins everything like including the world we could do a literally probably two to three hours on this document picking it apart we're gonna give you bullet points bullet points we could spend an hour on just the glossary and yes there is a glossary of terms to this document which i find is very helpful because a lot of the terms that they said i didn't think that they meant what they think what they mean by i them. didn't think they said what they thought what they thought that they i'm mean. really glad that they clarified gender I feel like... gender identity gender expression sexual orientation and there's just a lot of things you need to know Thankfully, all of it's spelled out in the glossary, and we could do an hour on just the glossary yeah. going word by these, word. These words are not in my Webster's 1828 dictionary. No, no, so. they, are, they are very much in the June 2020 edition of the uh, New Jersey Health and Physical Education Guidelines. <laughs> they might only be just a smidge behind the California Health and Physical Education Guidelines of June 2019. <laughs> not sure we want to be first in this. Mm. Um. Alrighty, so uh, so real briefly, um, these are just some things that that Justin and I highlighted, um, where we were like, wait, huh? Why why is this? Why why are why is the school taking it upon themselves to educate uh, on these things when the parents seem to be doing uh, a pretty good job on their own, uh, even though they might need some additional equipping, um, primarily from the church, honestly. But um, and always bringing us back to parents. It is your responsibility, right? It is our responsibility in the home as to be the primary source of a child's education to be speaking into the child's life. So um, we're talking that by by grade five. How old is that? You have a you have a fifth grader. Do I? By grade five is going to be in the uh, 10, 11 year old range. So um, on on page 30 of the document, uh, for your reference, uh, this is where we're, we're pulling this from. Um, the standards want by grade five, um, the children to have an understanding of romantic feelings, uh, masturbation, uh, gender role stereotypes, uh, gender identity, um, as well as pushing the children towards um, community resources for <clears throat> for pregnancy, uh, pregnancy prevention, and and those types of things, um, and as as Justin and I know that uh, Planned Parenthood is heavily involved in the public school systems, um, providing those resources, and we could that's another podcast in and of itself, dear God. Um, by grade eight, um, they are they are trying to have the children have an understanding of whether or not to engage in sexual behavior. Um, we have um, complete acceptance and defining of uh, LGBTQ individuals and issues. Um, we are teaching children uh, the ins and outs. Oh no, uh, the ins and outs of vaginal, oral, and anal sex. Um, Whoa! Say that again. <laughs> vaginal, oral. And anal sex. And I just want to be clear. Uh, Jesse did mention this is by the end of grade eight, so we just jumped from from about ten to eleven to uh, fourteen to fifteen tops. Tops. So, uh, dads, if you're super excited about your fourteen year old daughter being taught about anal and oral sex, having a good understanding, being able to define how that is going to function and work, right, uh, in, in practice. Which, by the way, they they would sum up, you know, as the roof of the building. All right, these are the struts, right, and and in practice is where you get the roof. All right, so if you're comfortable with your 14-year-old daughter having a great understanding of oral and anal sex, all right, and in case you're curious, we're on page 34 of the handout now, 34 of page 60, uh, 66 pages, uh, that would be section 2.1.8.ssh.9, define vaginal, oral, and anal sex. Sorry, carry on. Um, they want to... Uh, 
they want these kids to have an idea of how to reduce the risk of unwanted pregnancy. Um, they want to teach them consent, uh, as well as to access, as well as how to access sexual health care services. Um, and what like, are sexual health care services, Jesse? Uh, well, uh, I think Planned Parenthood would also have something to say about uh, health care services. So those services would provide uh, things like uh, vaccinations, sexual health exams, how to do breast exa- self-examinations, now, I'm stuff told like that. Planned Parenthood does all these things. Uh, well, you know, they sure say they do, um, but they also... Uh, Oh, is that in the next one? Well, it <laughs> it's in the, the uh, next the next uh, rubric. It might be in the next one. Yes, the next rubric is where we're going to um, jump into that. Oh, here's an interesting one. Still by grade eight. You ready for this? So they want to define consent, which is fine, um, but also sexual agency. Now, th- this wasn't in the glossary, was it? Uh, you didn't see it. Oh, no, there. no. You couldn't find... You couldn't find sexual agency in the glossary. Now, I know what you're thinking. When did there become a new federal branch of the government that was the sexual agency? There was not. <laughs> there was, there was, that, that didn't happen. Did that happen during COVID too? <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> um, Here on April 2020th. Right. Um, uh, as well as sexually transmitted infections. Um, by grade 12, we are talking explicitly um, about emergency contraception, which would be the ending of a... Now, if we could take a quick pause here. Okay, pause, just pause jumped, me, pause me, We've stop just me. jumped from grade 8 to grade 12. And now, here's an important factor that I want you to understand. You've just jumped, right, from grade 8 to 15. There's still a level of supervision that your child is feeling. Now, it's already pushing back very hard, right? So, really, by the end of the first, 10 and 11, by the end of the, 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 the fifth grade year... You're you're experiencing the the child as it, as the child develops into adolescence. You're experiencing the pushback from them, um, in, in a way as their body is changing uh, and they're they're struggling against authority. This is this is this is what tends to naturally happen in the parent-child relationship because the child lacks the wisdom and knowledge to understand what has happened thus far in life. And we are, we are able to acknowledge that by 10 and 11, they do not have the, the requisite skills to make most to almost all of their decisions that are, that are life impacting. Right. Right. So why and, we don't let them drink. We don't let them drive cars at 12. We don't let, there's, there's many things that our culture has put in place to prevent children this age from making decisions for themselves that would that they don't understand and, and can actually impact their lives. Correct. Very heavily. Yep. Um, and, and that's the first, that's the, that's not the first. There, there's a one, there's the one before there's kindergarten pre-K no, kindergarten. Oh, there's second grade, there's second grade, then there's fifth grade. So, so that the first, the first rubric ends there at, at second grade. So we, we covered the, the, some of the problems in the, the fifth grade to know by the end of the fifth grade. And, and we, we were just finished covering some of the problems for the eighth grade, 14 to 15 year olds. And now we're about to jump into high school. So we've gone 10 and 11, right, the fifth grade year. That's when you're starting to see moves towards puberty. By the, by the end of, of eighth grade, 14 to 15, we are full on in puberty. Right? We are full on experiencing that those rushes, those rushes of, of hormones that are causing some of the tensions in our relationships, right, where a parent needs to be able to speak wisely into, right, to instruct the child's heart. As we and, are called to do. As we are called to do. And the school now is 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 giving information that is autom it's it's autonomizing 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 the child. So it's giving the child right. So we see this term sexual agency right. We, it's autonomizing the child away from the parent. It's it's giving the child information that that they can have. And we haven't even touched on it, but I mean, it, it's giving the child information that they they can have their own. Gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, devoid of anything else, they are their own, for lack of a better term here, God. Right. Right. And now we're jumping from that age to 17, 18 year old now. By the end of K of, of 12, by the end of 12, 12th grade, we're talking 17 to 18 year old humans that are teetering on the line of entering their <laughs> continuing adolescent stage. They're, they're, pre-adulthood stage but but having all the effects of being able to drive and start making lifelong decisions becoming not just autonomized in the school but now having some of that freedom play out and now i wanted to set that up because now we can jump into what they're telling them now 
So now they've set them up as autonomous. Here's what they're going to tell them they can do now as autonomous people. Right. And and remember that these are these are um, this is all on a continuum. So this is by grade eight, by grade twelve. So we're we're talking in sixth grade. From sixth to eighth grade, these kids are starting to learn what they should know by the end of eighth grade. Right. So we're talking about your daughter now, Justin, learning about um, vaginal, oral, and anal sex. What, like, it's, I'm sorry. But yeah, so that, that's the reality of the situation is that you have these things starting in sixth and ending in eighth. Consent, sexual agency, participating in vaginal, oral, anal sex, um, you know, quote-unquote community health services that would be available to you. Community um, health services? Community, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Planned Parenthood um, and, and other such organizations that probably don't have your child's best interest in mind. Now, I will say this. There, aren't hard, there are some things that are important. One of the rubrics by, by age, um, by, by uh, 12th grade, by age 17, 18, Right is uh, is that they need to explain to be able to explain the purpose of the safe haven law and identity location identify locations in your community that are safe havens. This is great for for children um, that are that are part of what they they determine as an unwanted pregnancy in this particular document. Right, but but if that was that'd be fine, except they are also right uh, supposed to be I'd be able to identify medically accurate sources of information and local services that provide right. One of the things, pregnancy options, which include parenting, abortion, safe haven, adoption, and, per, and prenatal care. So, so abortion is right in there. You might think that when we talk about, a, we talk about abortion or, or Planned Parenthood that that is not part of it. But one of the main agendas that Planned Parenthood has begun to roll out is their assimilation into the public education sphere. Oh, yeah. Heavy. Heavy. Right. I mean, and additionally, so by grade 12, we're talking about um, understanding and engaging with emergency contraception. That's page 36. Abortion, page 37. Um, still uh, talking about safe sex, talking about consent more, um, talking about access to abortion. Um, and, and here's something that I, that I, Justin, you might have the actual wording up. Um, page. Um, what? On page. Uh, 38 or after, I, I just highlighted the phrase that they want to teach children how to evaluate the validity of health information coming from various different sources. One of those sources is the home. Right. The, the exact wording of section 2.12.1.12.chss.6 is evaluate the validity of health information, resources, and services in school, home, and in the community. So there's obviously uh, one. The order is very wrong uh, of those those three things. If I were to place them in an order, I certainly would not put school first. Um, right. Again, biblically speaking, I'd put home. We would slide home up there first. Um, but here's here's a problem. What what do we do when what do we do when there's there's two students in classes that have these opposing that have opposing viewpoints, right? Um, one of those students is going to have to start to decide whether or not their home structure is uh, is legitimate based upon what they're learning at school. So the, the state, which is public school, public school is state education, government education. Um, must never forget that. Um, they Now we have the potential for the state to claim authority to usurp and, and to define for is the child. Is that what Use Usurp. <laughs> uh, to usurp the parents' authority at home by claiming that the health information that the school is directing them to supersedes that which the home would direct them to. You don't or, say. Or which the home would hold as a higher standard. So now you have the, the state versus the family, which, which, in my view of public education, is basically the crux of the matter. Um, this entire trajectory is is the autonomy of the student to be able to evaluate based on what the state says whether or not the parents are actually okay in what the parents say. And as, as we saw in Scripture and as we know intuitively as parents, we know what is best for our child and we know that we have the responsibility um, to, to be instructing and training up our child in wisdom, in righteousness, in goodness, in what is, 
in what is good and right for them. Um, the state cannot hold a higher view of my child than I can hold. Um, if I am loving them according to how God would call me to love them. Um, and, and I saw that as a huge red flag towards the end of, of these guidelines there. Yeah, a, a, amen. That's that's an amen from me on that one. Um, now, we've, we've highlighted bulleted points here. Again, these are bullet points. This is 66 pages. There are so many things that we would love to get into... Um, just reading, just asking you questions about what we're literally thinking. Like, like for example, um, the 2020 NJSLS-CHPE reflect the current thinking and best practices. Um, the current thinking and best practices? I just want to say, like, why is it we are, why is it currently we think we are better? What has, what has made us better I mean, is it simply because it's it's 2020 instead of what 1990? Yes, we are better now. I don't know. I just there's questions. You just have to stop and pause for a second um, to actually just ponder what some of these statements are are meaning. How about how about one like this? Um, pregnancy can be achieved through a variety of methods. Is this true? <laughs> I mean, I true? I have four kids. I I only know. I only know of one biological way to to get that done, and and if what you're thinking is like like any rational human, okay, right. So you could have regu regular vaginal intercourse. Now none of you were thinking it in those terms, right? But that's what you were thinking, right? You could you could have pregnancy that way, but you could also have in vitro fertilization, right? Um, you you could have embryo implantation. There's many different ways you could become a a a person could become pregnant. Sure. Sure, right, sure. There's only one actual way, and that's when a sperm interacts with an egg. Right. That's that's the only way to become pregnant. Tried and true. Right. And so there's there's a variety of things that this will have to plug into, though, when you start unpacking some of the verbiage in the back. Like the fact that gender assigned at, at birth, right, is, is one thing, uh, and it's it's actually just something that, that that may may be accurate. It may have been accurate. It's what, it's what they guessed. It was their best guess, right? And so that follows up with, then you have not just your gender assigned at birth, but you have you have your, your gender, right? You have your, your gender identity. You have your gender expression. You have your sexual orientation. And all four of these things, although you would think might be somewhat similar, they're all completely different. Mm. And you could identify in four completely different ways. Now, wh why is this? Why, why would I bring up the pregnancy can be achieved through a variety of methods? in connection with with any of that it's because if you don't start to understand that that variety of methods is going to have to encapsulate all the the various permutations of the five terms i just listed and understand how incredibly um unscientific that is i have questions as to why we're teaching our children what to think now instead of teaching them how to think and i mean it's 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 unscientific yes but it's also harmful and confusing i mean Kids are good at knowing when something's off, uh, and then they ask questions about it. And and when we as parents don't give um, confident answers or, or have confident answers and confident solutions um, to the questions that our kids ask, um, it, it, it is harmful to them. And they, they seek these answers in other places, and it just does not look like the state is providing them. Actually, that's not true. The state is the state is preparing them for autonomy as early as the end of grade five hmm. to, to be able to make these decisions and distinctions for themselves. It, it's insane. Um, and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to straight up propose the fact that if we're going to start putting this level of, of, of responsibility on a 14 year old, um, I would like to say that they, we need to open up the door for them to be able to drive, drink. Uh, they should be able to go to the doctor completely by themselves, have use whatever drugs they feel feel the doctors feels is appropriate for them um i mean all these all these things this is just the way it should be they should be able to join the army they should be able to carry a gun i don't know why we're putting so many limitations on these 14 to 15 year olds they can literally make decisions that alter their entire life why are we stopping them from any decision right and if you actually disagree with that and think i'm being ridiculous i would say yes you're absolutely correct i'm absolutely being ridiculous can we pull back the truth train just for half a second <laughs> and reconnect with what we're doing to our children
Well, no, let me let me rephrase because the home is a primary source. What we're what we're actually allowing to pass for education yes. in the public education system. Right. We need to we need to guard our children like shepherds guard sheep. Um is is how the Bible looks at that um that that authority structure. Um, and sometimes you have to take down the lion. You got to take down the lion, man. So, I mean, so what what then do we do is is always how we're going to be ending this what what then do we do we we have this 60 page document we have this this cornucopia of of glossary terms we have these set goals and aspirations that the state has for our children regarding their own sexuality and their sexual practices and 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 even so much as being able to determine whether or not to end a human life in abortion um using emergency contraceptives and other abortive practices so I mean, what what should we do as as parents who care for our children? What what types of things do we need to be walking in and considering now as we march toward whether it's going to be in person or not? We're marching towards these guidelines being rolled out uh, as early as the fall. So what, what what should we do? I think there's a couple of things, and uh, and I think I think there's a there's a large continuum of decisions to be made. Um, so so I think as to uh, as as two bearded Bible brothers sitting across the table from each other here, uh, we we both take different different actual uh, points on that continuum of of how to educate our children, whether that be homeschooling to public education and all the myriads in between. But there's still things that we you can do, no matter that you should be engaged with. Mm-hmm. I think as a as a uh, a parent um, and as a as a citizen of of here, we're speaking specifically of New Jersey. But you should certainly be seeking out what your gui- what your state's guidelines are, uh, if you're if you happen to live in another state, um, and and New Jersey, which is just mini California flipped over. I mean, if you ever look at it, we're exactly the same shape. We're just mini and flipped. Um, that's just that's just the truth. Uh, California has very has has very similar similar guidelines. Sometimes New Jersey beats them out in the cutting front of uh, of moving the uh, the ball ever more liberal, and sometimes California edges out New Jersey. Um, but but no matter no matter where you're going with this. Um, you, you have to stay engaged. So the first thing is that you, you, right. Educating your child is your responsibility. That is numero uno. That is the number one priority, right? You're responsible for educating your child. Oh, we should have, we should have looked up what the Latin word for education is. Carpe sees the Sees the education. Education. You know what? I'm just going to take the time here to say that uh, somebody I know is doing classical conversation should really know their Latin better. Epic felide, or whatever, however that says. I will certainly carpe that opportunity (laughs) when she gets there. Oh, waka waka. All right. (laughs) Uh, So the first one is that educating your child is your responsibility. Uh, 1A to that now, because we're speaking, so that's a big broad point. One A to that is is read the guidelines. If you're in New Jersey, read the guidelines. They are online. Again, this document, you can Google it. It is the 2020 New Jersey Student Learning Standards. That would be the NJSLS-Comprehensive Health and Physical Education, CHPE. So you can Google 2020 NJSLS-CHP and you will find CHPE. I apologize. You will find these guidelines. You can print yourself off a big old fat stack of 66 pages with a glossary, or you can download them to your phone and use any uh, any PDF reader um, to read these yourselves and become acquainted with them and start asking questions. And if you see a good question, start asking your kid. If you have a kid fitting inside of one of those rubrics, just start asking them some questions. All right, so there's there's uh, there's there's number two or one one A really if you want to kind of look at it that way. One thing that I added to that that you didn't see. Uh... Moms and dads need to both read these. This isn't just a mom thing. This isn't just a dad thing. If you are in a two-parent household, both of you have the responsibility to be reading these things and read them together. Um, you know, put the kids to bed, sit down, hash this out um, together. And, you know, probably you're going to be scratching your head at some of these things for sure. But both of you guys uh, need to be involved, moms and dads, in reading this because it, it's... This is a this is a group effort here. And if I might also interject, if you're a Christian in the public education system, uh, that that you you are you're working in the public education system, you should know what you are a part of. You are literally a part of that massive machine. And you're like, no, 
I teach language art, language arts. I just want to say something. You are part of the machine. You should know what the school's agenda is. What is the school unrolling? Uh, particularly, I guess if you're part of language arts, you should really know what's going on because if you don't know, if you can't keep up with this glossary of terms, you're going to be way behind on language arts. My goodness. Um, and, and also extending to single parents, single parents, uh, you have a burden, right? Because if you are a single mother, you are going to be able to be a great mother. It is hard for you to be a great father. If you are a single father, you can be a great father. It is hard for you to be a single mother. You need to extend your reach, your your scope, your community out and find people that you trust out. walk through this with you. Someone that you trust that was willing to look at this with you to help you think through it. It takes two it takes it takes two parents to look through this guideline. Why should you think you should have to bear the burden alone? You should be able to look to your church community, your friends and family to walk through this with you. There's questions to be asked of this document. Definitely. I'm I'm looking I'm trying to look right now. There is there is a guideline in here that states that these are going to be incorporated in all areas of learning. Uh, I'm looking for it. It's being quick. specifically, basically, in other subjects, you're going to have to have rubrics that are going to be mapped. This is similar to the LGBTQI um, uh, agenda that was rolled out in the curriculum as well, where each subject is going to have to take time to acknowledge um, the yeah. uh, the the weight uh, uh, and history of the LGBTQI. Uh, communities um, works in society this similarly fits in go ahead you found it go so ahead. Uh, page 20 the very first heading says these are the 21st century themes and skills integrated into all content standards areas and also at the bottom of page 18 the performance expectations describe what students should know and be able to do it is expected that curriculum writers and educators will bundle these performance expectations together in meaningful ways as a basis for classroom instruction and to guide the creation of formative, summative, and benchmark assessments. These are not going away. I just I just saw a YouTube or a, a video on Facebook of of this type of stuff entering into geography and how we make maps. I mean, the, the, nothing is off limits here. Um, and even some of these guidelines have expectations of how many you know hours a week you dedicate to these types of things so i mean it i i wouldn't i wouldn't pretend like this isn't coming for you no matter where you're teaching in public education at this point especially in the older grades so having said that we can jump up into our next point of action point you can speak up at school board meetings you can ask questions you can say uh, i have a question about 22-1- you can literally pull out the bullet point and you can make them put the school board on blast and make them have to answer the question uh so you would like my 14 year old daughter to learn about anal sex what does that look like to you make them question answer the question and engage with it Right yes. now, nine times out of ten, what you're going to get at a school board meeting is, uh, you know what? What? What are you talking about? I didn't even know. What? What is that that you're? And and then they're going to say, you know what? Why don't? Why don't? You know what? We're just going to come up here and and you. We'll give you an email. You can email uh, this person is our, our our legal part of our school board, and she'll she'll be able to answer any questions about how we're answering that. And then you're going to play email tag, and you're not going to get a solid answer, which means you're going to consistently need to go to the school board meeting. And each week, as you're waiting for your answer to be addressed, waiting for your question to be addressed appropriately, you're, you're going to need to respectfully stand and ask hard questions. And what you will find, right, just like I have I have found, is that there are really great educators. Really great educators that have no, do not wish to have a lot of time for the nonsensical um, mullings of upper tier philosophical politicians trying Ooh. to impart knowledge into the education system. There are great educators in the public education system. And what you'll find is that some of these things may not necessarily have to be a concern for you on your local level because you can actually impact your local level so speak Correct. up at school board meetings yes these these are the new jersey state guidelines but they they are contextualized per school district so you 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 have more of a voice on the local level as to how these things uh, are are rolled out and presented to your children for sure you you must engage amen uh one one uh this is just inserted in here under our big root our big idea right that 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 the home and the parent is the 
the uh, responsibility to educate their child. You need to talk with your kid, which means you need to put your phone down. They need to put their phone down. You need to engage with them. You need to engage with them as a person. You know why? Because a lot of these questions you should be answering before before these rubrics, all right? Especially, I mean, especially if you are going to have your child in the public education system, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, especially, this is on you. If you are a parent that simply wants your child to know that you can be trusted rather than the public education system of New Jersey, you need to be willing to have detailed, explicit conversations about what sex is. Because if you do not do it, they will do it for you. They will become the source of information. They will become the source of knowledge. They will become the source turns to when there are questions that they need to be answered. You need to seize back that responsibility that is yours. Now, I granted, I understand it is easier to give that responsibility up. It is always easier to give up responsibility. That's why it's called responsibility. It is yours to take. You must take responsibility. Our culture hates that. Carpe. Responsibility. Responsibilitis. That sounds like a very bad disease. You should get that checked. It does. Maybe maybe some of these health and community services can help me get rid of that. Yes. Well, if only... (laughs) I think you're you're past eighth grade, so you're not going to be able to find find any of those services for you. But that's that's key, right? I mean, honestly, uh, their, their their source of their source of wisdom is going to be their their phone, their peers, and their teachers, and and you need to be their teacher. That is part of your role as parent. And finally, an action item is that you need to know your options. It turns out the public school is not the only place to have your child educated. No way, really, bull. There are whole other systems of schooling that you can avail yourself to. You could say avail yourself to uh, homeschooling. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we've chosen for our family. So, I mean, I, I definitely have lots of resources there. Uh, you know, there's there's pros and cons to all of these different ways. I mean, there's there's homeschooling. There's online learning, which parents are becoming more familiar with. Um, but yeah. there's also great they kind of forced you right into that one, didn't they? Boy, they sure did. But I mean. But there's there's online learning that's separate from the state. So I mean, you, you can you can actually do your research and and find programs that actually promote your family values. Uh, you, you can have programs um, o- online or or in private schools um, that uphold your family's values and where you have the flexibility to pull your child out of something, where you have the flexibility to make sure your child is learning what you know they should be learning. Um, homeschooling obviously is an incredibly flexible, uh, you know, tool, uh, with various different programs and curriculums that you can use to make sure that your kid knows what is good and right and true, um, about themselves, about their body, about how their bodies work, um, and, and far beyond that. Um, so there's, there's tons of options. The the public, the, the state wants the public school option to be the only option. Um, but it, but it certainly is not. And there are, there are tons of affordable and flexible ways that you can ensure as you parent, as the primary bearer of responsibility to train up your child in the way that he should go, he or she should go. Uh, you have that responsibility to do that research and to find something, um, that, that works for you and your family, um, which requires a a really tricky word called sacrifice. Um, it, it might, it might require you to sacrifice money. It might require you to sacrifice your time, but I, I don't think that I've met a single parent who would say that, that they would be, that they would be willingly risk the livelihood of their child for their own personal convenience. So you, you really have to wrestle with that. Yeah. So between private charter, uh, online home, there's a lot of different schooling options besides simply public education. And so I want to make this as practical as possible. We are entering the year of COVID insanity in the schools, all right? One of the options, particularly I I know of in our district, is going to be a straight online opt-out. You can online educate. Now, this is going to be different than what we experienced at at the shutdown in March, where they were not prepared in any way for online education, all right? And it was kind of this slipshod, just kind of horse donkey debacle of education all right yeah the, the world fell apart people okay. the world fell apart. it wasn't just the education system everything went <laughs> all right that's kind of what happened all right so so what's going to happen this year is it's going to be much more organized much more clean and much more able to be useful not just for the teachers to be able to instruct effectively but also for the parents to easily engage with it all right it's going to be laid out well so here's here's just a crazy radical idea 
take this year of gifting, right? Now, look, they're so focused on COVID, they're not going to be able to, to focus on indoctrination. You've almost been gifted a grace year in this whole process. Take this year that you have and give it the chance. Go online. I'm just going to throw it out there. Go online education. Make the online education something that you're willing to try. And if you do that, you have a full year to evaluate your options. Read this document. Check it out. See what's being taught to your children about sex, about reproduction, about their their actual biology. And, and once you have seen that, once you have done that information, you can make a much better informed decision moving into the next year. You'll be able to make a much more clear-headed decision. Now, I know that sounds crazy. Honestly, dear Lord, I don't know why you want to send your child to a half-day prison camp because that's what this is going to be this year. There's going to be – it's not curriculars. Oh, it's not talking. It is it is half-day prison camp, trapped in masks, not touching each other, grabbing food, going and sitting by yourself. Not It's it's going to be rough, all right? So avail yourself to as much much interaction as you can with friends outside of the classroom in a safe way. All right. And avail yourself to online educating where you're able to be actually intimately involved in it while you do some research to see what is a good option for your family, because you must be the home and the parent must take responsibility for the education of their children. Right. And I mean, especially Christian parents must understand this, but all, all parents will be held accountable before God for how they how they accomplish this task that God has set before them of training up their children. You it is. There are more eternal, lasting impacts that these types of things have on our kids and on our families. Um, you know, I, I had, I, I, I'm an ER nurse, so I, I had a patient. It, it was devastating. It was this little little 80-something-year-old lady um, busted up her knee, and, and her, her children had abandoned her, left her alone in her house. Cover- dude, dude, what is with the bringing down right now? Yo, listen, listen. This is this is because we got to see the trajectory. Because we're, right, we're going right. to be there. All right, we as all right. parents are going to be there. We're going to be this eighty-year-old lady, and our children and, and the the values and instruction that we give our children now play into this play into this scenario. That's that's why we're talking about this. This 80, 80 something year old woman, as we're taking care of her, we're cleaning her up. She sat in urine for days because she couldn't get up, and her kids would not come and help her. And she told me with tears in her eyes, and I, I very, very rarely cry with my patients, but I, I was sure as heck was on the brink with this one. She said, as you're raising your children, you never think that you would one day be in this scenario. And that is why we must train up our children to know what is good and right and true and beautiful. Um, because the, the consequences of that are, are long-lasting. For ourselves, for our children, for our children's children, and into eternity when we come before God and He holds us accountable for how we for how we brought up our children. It, it will be there one day, and we must give an account. Well, that got heavy fast. That was a big one. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's rough. It, it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard reality. But we are so used to living in the moment that we don't think. 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, 150 years into the future where our children and our children's children will be living. The type of difficulties that those kids will have to face. And the, the, there are there are blood. There are bloodlines. We don't we don't think that far ahead because we live so far so much in the moment. Um, you know, to, to borrow the to borrow the language of the New Jersey guidelines in current thinking that we don't have future thinking as to where we'll be. Uh, both in, in our old age and also before God when we die. Standing on the shoulders of giants and we think we're flying. We think we are flying. And with that, that is the close of a far longer podcast than we had planned already. Hey, hey, we can do it. We did it. We kept it under an hour. We got one minute left. All right. Kept it under an hour. You're welcome. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm I feel kidding. like not many people are thanking us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are thankful uh, to be able to share this with you. If you have questions or comments, uh, there will be a way for you to do that in the show notes. Also, going to try to get some resources in there for you for other options to think through this, as well as a link to the massive New Jersey Health Education Guideline Curricula Outline Agendum Glossary Extravaganza. Yeah.
Yep. I mean, save some trees. The climate control stuff's in there. So save the trees. Climate yep. control. Yeah. Why Not that. Make it climate change. change. I always say climate control. Waka waka. Climate control we love. Whenever I love I, when I can change the climate in my car, in my I just, home. That's fantastic. Whenever I'm thinking of the government, I just think of control. So. Oh, fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, save some trees and uh, look, look at that stuff on your phone or tablet because it is... It's a thick uh, stack of papers. It's a tome. It's a tome. But um, we are thankful to share this time with you and, uh, and may God bless you. Uh, any questions? Let us know. See you on the next one.